Good morning, Trinity Lutheran Church. Thank you, Sheila. A song to start the morning, this first Sunday of Advent, maybe that you'll um, want us to, to learn as a hymn, or maybe that I want you to learn as a hymn at some point. Uh, it's a wonderful Advent song. Walking around yesterday in Langley with my wife, it seemed like Christmas was already here, but it's not actually here yet. So we're going to do a little Advent this morning. Um, awake, awake, and greet the new morn. The words are up on the wall, so you can follow along, because there are a lot of them. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church, first Sunday of Advent. and greet the new morn for angels herald its dawning sing out your joy for soon he is born behold the child of our longing come as a baby weak and poor to bring all hearts together he opens wide the heavenly door and lives now inside us forever to us, to all in sorrow and fear, Emmanuel comes a singing. His humble song is quiet and near, yet fills the earth with its ringing. Music to heal the broken soul, and hymns of loving kindness. The thunder of his anthems roll to shatter all hatred and blindness. In darkest night his coming shall be when all the world is despairing. As morning light, so quiet and free, so warm and gentle and caring. Then shall the mute break forth in song, the lame shall leap in wonder, the weak raised above the strong, and weapons be broken asunder. Rejoice, rejoice, like heart in the night, the dark, the winter, and cheerless. The rising sun shall crown you with light, be strong and loving and fearless. Love be our song and love our prayer and love our endless story. May God fill every day we share and bring us at last into glory. Good morning. Welcome to worship at Trinity Lutheran this Sunday. As, as Carl mentioned, it's the first Sunday of the Advent season. And so we have Advent blue pyramids. We have a manger scene that we will be moving closer to. And, and somewhat kind of paradoxically, the lesson, the gospel lesson for this day is full of signs and wonder and kind of frightening images, the opposite of what we would think of the serenity of a manger scene. 
But this is this day, this first day of Advent as we enter into this season of preparation, moving closer to the celebration of the birth of the Savior. I want to welcome you all to worship this day, and those of who, who are out there worshiping with us out there in the ether, we welcome you. We're glad you're here, that you're part of our worship in our community this morning. It is a blessing that we gather here as the body of Christ, and as you're able, I invite you please to stand for our, our gathering hymn as we gather this morning in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. season of Advent will be uh, the responsive curie that we've done many times in the past. Um, whatever Pastor Tom sings, he will be the cantor, and you would just respond to his, his uh, lead part and sing back to him, um, and it will all be um, the curie, uh, a prayer at the beginning of the service, the responsive curie. In peace let us pray to the Lord. In peace we pray to the Lord. For peace and for our salvation. For peace and for our salvation, Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. God, for peace in the world, 
power, Lord Christ, and come. By your merciful protection, alert us to the threatening dangers of our sins and redeem us for your life of justice. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated for the hearing, rather not for the hearing of Scripture. Please be seated as we sing uh, light one can watch for Messiah as we light the first Advent candle. Lesson this morning. The lesson this morning is from the twenty-fifth Psalm. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me 
for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. The word of the Lord. Thank you, God. A song from Linnea Good and from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 40. Comfort ye, oh, comfort ye, my people. Tenderly speak to Jerusalem. Tell them that their war with me is over. Tell them their strife is at an end. solitudes have carried twice the burden of each day. Comfort ye, oh comfort ye my people. Voices calling, clear the stubble road. In the barren Every land 
them and lead them when they seek my care. Where they call upon me, so I am. Comfort ye, oh comfort ye, my people, my When the disciples first heard these words, which were just prior to the trial and crucifixion of Jesus, I assure you these were not comforting words. Later they would be, but not in the moment. Comfort ye my people. I invite you, the people of God, if you're able, as you're able, to please stand for the reading of today's gospel from the 21st chapter of Luke. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And on earth, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look, at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap, for it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. God is good all the time. In 1967, I had something in common with Benjamin Braddock. Some of you my generation, I would think most of you, should remember Benjamin Braddock. Here's a little musical clue to help you understand who he was. Remember. Mm -hmm. 
And here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you will know. Is it ringing a bell now? Benjamin Price. God bless you, please, Mrs. Robinson. Heaven holds a place for you who pray. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Benjamin Braddock. Well, the ex- one of the exciting parts, themes of the movie, was we remember Benjamin Braddock because he had an affair with Mrs. Robinson. I had something in common with Benjamin Braddock, and it is not that. <laughs> See, Benjamin had recently graduated from college. His parents throw this graduation party, if you can remember the movie scene, to celebrate this wonderful accomplishment. He looks like a deer in the headlights because Benjamin Braddock does not know what he wants to do with his life. There's no call in his life. The future for him is uncertain. Now, this is the part that I had in common with Benjamin Braddock. It wasn't the Mrs. Robinson piece. In 1967, I was yet a year or two away from my own graduation, but I had no sense of what I was to do with my life. My future was filled with uncertainty. The only thing I had some confidence in, I would graduate from college, I would get drafted, and probably be sent to Vietnam. It all felt terribly uncertain. There was this wonderful moment at his graduation party where one of the characters, and I think it was Mr. Robinson, who comes and throws a paternal arm around Benjamin. With a drink in one hand, he proclaims the key to his future. One word, he says, I have one word for you. Do you remember what that word was? Yes, you people are good. Yes. With all the conviction of a revival preacher, he declares, plastic. Your future lies in plastic. Well, how has that worked out? (laughs) We have a world drowning in plastic. And it seems that the future lies with whoever can come up with a plan to clean up this mess that our planet is left with. Plastic. I once heard a social anthropologist challenge what I believed was a pretty basic assumption of life. And I suspect that we would all believe it to hold true. He challenged us. He says, you sit there believing today that the past is fixed, the future is uncertain. He said, I would like to challenge you to embrace that the opposite is true. The past is uncertain. The future is fixed. As evidence, he spoke how the past is constantly being rewritten. Every time we dig up something new, something from our past that challenges our presuppositions about how life really was, we have to rewrite our story. I mean, just imagine. 
the world was believed to be flat. Well, then we find out it's not, and you can get to the east by going west. Well, that was rather an interesting revelation. And then, and then, and then it was Copernicus, and then Galileo, who said, you know, Psalms are poetic, like Psalm 104, the earth, but the earth is not at the center of the universe. Galileo wrote, I do not feel obliged to believe that the same God who has endowed us with sense, reason, and intellect has intended for us to forego their use. Examples abound of how what once we thought was true turns out is different. And as a result, the trajectory we see through life is different. I remember well when I was in my mid-30s and my father said, I need to talk to you about something. And he said, you have an older brother. I have what? What? And then, being that generation, my father said, do you think I should tell your mother? Yes, Dad, yes, I think you should. Everything was rewritten. Challenging this notion, not any more challenging than were the apocalyptic words of Jesus when he spoke to his disciples in the gospel that I just read to you. Now, Advent is so curious, this four-Sunday season. It's revealed by the order of the gospel lessons that are used. At the beginning of Advent, we use a gospel lesson from the end of Jesus' life. And as we get closer to the end of Advent, we will get closer to the beginning of Jesus' life as we experience it in Christmas. Jesus' words are full of vivid images that express a community's trauma while offering a powerful vision of hope in the midst of these troubling experiences. Listen how Luke records Jesus describing our reality. He says it will be distress among nations. That's wars and political tumult. Does that sound vaguely familiar? Signs in the sun, moon, and stars. It's climate catastrophe. Breathless from fear and foreboding. COVID is mutating. We have a global pandemic. Weighs down the heart. Unemployment, hate crimes, racist ideologies, death-dealing illnesses, displacement, refugees, anything else that traps people in fear and despair that's weighing down our hearts. The apocalyptic language of Jesus are words for us. It is in the face of this terrifying apocalyptic vision that we are afforded a vision of hope. A picture, as Luke recorded, that all live on the face of the earth may know. Now with all that is broken and uncertain in our world, we are gifted by Jesus with a picture of that which is coming, a vision of hope that is fixed. 
the Son of Humanity, the Christ is coming. Christ coming is our fixed north star. The future is not uncertain. It is fixed. We are encouraged to trust in this promise as surely as we trust that the buds of a fig tree signal the coming of summer. Many years ago, I became involved in a rather large project at our house. What began as a few hours became days and morphed into weeks. My neighborhood was clearly aware of what I was doing. A neighbor suggested this was the definition of an adventure. The dulled, dirty look on my face made it pretty clear to him I didn't get what he was trying to say. An adventure, he offered, is something that halfway into it, we ask ourselves, how the heck did I get into this? By that definition, I was having an adventure, and I guess I've had many. So have you. Those moments were halfway into something, you say, what in the world was I thinking? Which is really the issue, isn't it, always? I haven't asked Brenda for fear of her answer that maybe she might consider our 47-year marriage that it might fit that definition where she would be inclined to say, how the heck did I get into this? It's clear from the Gospels that at the end, Jesus' crucifixion, the disciples were unanimous that this adventure of following Jesus was just too much. When all was said and done, what did Peter say? I'm going back fishing. I'm going home. I'm going fishing. What did everyone else say? Uh, we're going with you. This little adventure had proved to be far different than what they had signed on for. And I, I don't doubt that all of us at some point have considered maybe quitting on this Christian adventure. But we don't. Oh, sometimes the apocalyptic vision can feel too much. Sometimes life takes us right to the edge of Good Friday, right to the edge of death. And we want to turn around, we want to say, come on, Lord, don't you have a different vision for me, a different sign? Cut some slack, will you? This is hard. This life of dis-ease, political garbage, death and cruelty is wearing on us. And we want to turn back. And maybe we consider dumping the Lord for a convertible. But then we step over the edge of the ship again. We do so because we believe in Easter. Like Peter, we say, Lord, where will we go? You have the words of eternal life. What will we turn back to? Our good intentions? At the beginning of Advent, at the end of his life, Jesus gives us with an apocalyptic vision of everything apparently going wrong. A scene that would suggest that we have every reason to quit on this adventure of following Jesus. To which at that moment, Jesus says, perfect. It's perfect. It is precisely at this moment his followers will remember 
that the future is owned by Jesus. Jesus owns the future. The future belongs to the Christ. It is fixed. And we will see in the midst of the chaos the coming kingdom of God. Like buds on a tree signal summer is on the way. So whether it be by natural devastation or human hubris, the coming kingdom of God will not be impeded. We Christians are a rather peculiar people. I mean, besides the fact that we can all be as different as night and day, and sometimes, to be quite honest, we're not real fond of one another, we still persist in trying to find a way to love one another. We remain the body of Christ. We live with a condition that's called prolepsis. Did you know that you're proleptic? Prolepsis, P-R-O-L-E-P-S-I-S. We live with a condition called prolepsis. Prolepsis means present, but not fully present. It means here, but not fully here. We believe, as followers of Jesus, that the kingdom of God is here, just not fully yet. In the face of all that is going wrong in life, we cannot turn back because in the midst of it all, we still see Jesus, who says, follow me. And that expression of our faith is in of itself a sign that the kingdom is here. Like a bud on a tree that signals summer is coming. We can't go back. One other thing. Please pick up the plastic. It's making a mess out there. Mr. Robinson was wrong. The future doesn't belong to plastic. It belongs to Jesus. Amen? Amen. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Please stand as we sing our hymn of the day, Rise Up, O Saints of God. Um, there'll be a small little tiny interlude in between each verse. Saints of God, creation cries in prayer. 
As Judy will lead us in the prayers of the church, there is a sung response. your power, Lord Christ, and come. By your merciful protection, alert us to the threatening dangers of our sins and redeem us for your life of justice. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Gospel lesson. I am reading. I've got the wrong one. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. As we have gathered this week to give thanks and feasted at our tables of abundance, let us renew our efforts to provide an abundant life to all people. Bless our ministry of hospitality, evangelism, and sharing. May we welcome and embrace those that grace our pathways wherever they may appear. Holy God, hear our prayer. As we wait, hear the prayer. Together, people of all faiths, as we encounter fearful signs of intolerance and bigotry, may we have the wisdom to be signs of your love and welcome to all, regardless of status, caste, or faith, honoring each one's presence as a child of God. God, give us patience in adversity, faith in the face of death, and persistent courage as we work for peace and justice. Holy God, hear our prayer.
Let our hearts not be weighed down with worry or shame. For we know your love never ends and your words will never pass away. Heal and comfort your people as they encounter illness and death. Reform those who would harm others. Restore victims of neglect or abuse. And revive those who suffer from disabled or injury. We remember all who have asked for our prayers, especially the family of Brian Blembanek at the death of his father, Fred, this past week. Give them peace. Holy God, hear our prayer. with us on the journey toward the birth of Christ's child. Give us eyes to see our many blessings. Maybe, maybe we be alert to your coming in beauty, in compassion, and in love. Now, into your hands we commend all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Go share God's peace with one another. Go for a walk. Greetings this morning. 
Uh, remember, we do have coffee hour following worship service, so you can continue those wonderful conversations across the hall over a cup of coffee and a yummy treat. Uh, we have a couple of special birthdays coming up this week. Jim Tashi, is Jim here this morning? Jim is not here this morning. Well, Jim is turning 92 this week. He's typically at the 8 o'clock service. And then Arlene Diamond, who generally attends the 1030 service, is turning 96 this week. So it might be a good week to uh, send a card or give a call to one of them. Another special birthday announcement for this week. Pastor Jim and Felicia have a new granddaughter. <laughs> Ava Grace was born early Saturday morning, and she joins big brothers Cam and Cooper. So congratulations to the McNanny family. Um, let's see what else. Adult education continues between worship services. They meet at 910 uh, in the fireside room down the hall. This morning, Arnie Bergstrom is speaking about Advent, and I'm sure he'll be bringing a guitar or some other lovely musical instrument with him. So uh, join them down the hall at 9:10 for information about that. Um, next Sunday, I will be speaking in adult ed about choosing kindness and how we always have the opportunity to choose how we react in this world. Uh, next Sunday, also, our, our Trinity quilters will be setting up a mini bazaar in the gym. So come early and get some Christmas shopping done. Uh, they'll be set up between worship services during both coffee hours in the gym. So come and see what they've been working on down there. And this week, youth group on a Wednesday at 4 o'clock, youth group meets in person. We'll be here on campus, hopefully roasting marshmallows over the fire pit. And then confirmation class meets next Sunday morning at 11.45. I think that's all I have. Any other announcements this morning? Okay, then we continue with the Lord's Prayer. I invite you please to stand. I remind you that which you already know. When you leave this place of worship, you will not go alone. The Spirit of Christ abides by you and within you and seeks to use you as an instrument of grace in this world that at times just feels so broken. So go with courage and go with hope. Go knowing that you are the object of God's love and that love is to be shared through you. So may the Lord God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
and all that lights up the night. Love is a star that we follow to daylight. Love is a lighthouse that leads us safely home. The surest light we'll ever know. Let love go forward from this time and place. Shine its healing light in a gentle embrace. Let love go forward from this place and time. There's your visual reminder. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.